Welcome to our 15th podcast episode of Neurodiversity in a Nutshell. My name is Olive, and today we're going to be looking at the language, terms, and rhetoric related to the neurodiverse community. Let's get right into it. We will be covering the different terms and rhetoric that are related to all aspects of the neurodiverse community. We'll be discussing a brief overview of rhetoric as a whole, and then discussing specific terms and the significance of the language for the neurodiverse community. What is rhetoric? Rhetoric discusses the written, spoken, and visual language, and the way that this affects identities and society as a whole. Now that we have a refresher on what rhetoric is, let's take a look at what rhetoric means when discussing topics regarding neurodiversity and the neurodiverse community. However, there are different words and models and terms used to address certain conditions, especially when contrasted with medical models and diagnoses. As we've discussed before, neurodiversity is the acceptance of differential cognitive functioning and the acceptance of diverse minds. The main scientific backing of this perspective is the natural diversity in nature, known as biodiversity, along with the scientific evidence supporting the conclusions that brains already have much variation. The following excerpt is taken from a research study done to analyze the current terms within the neurodiverse community. As we have likely discussed before, here are some common terms in the neurodiverse community. Neurodiversity. This is the name of the movement but should be contrasted very clearly with the neurodiversity movement. While neurodiversity is a scientific perspective on human diversity and the concerns regarding social dynamics, the neurodiversity movement is focused on social justice that focuses on civil rights and societal discussions regarding neurodivergent individuals. This initially began with the autism rights movement, especially when it came to the denotation of autism as a spectrum. This eventually developed into the neurodiversity movement. Neurodivergence and neurotypical. Let's cover these two terms now. Neurodivergence is focused on the individual aspects that deviate from societal standards of a normal brain, while neurotypical is a focus on a style of neurocognitive functioning that falls under those same societal standards. These two words are opposite of each other, but they do not bring specific connotations to each word specifically. When referencing individuals, the proper rhetoric is that an individual is neurodivergent or neurotypical, while a community or a group can be recognized as neurodiverse. And lastly, neurominorities and neuromajorities. Neurominorities include groups of individuals that share similar neurodivergencies, along with the idea that the neurodivergent conditions are a major part of their identity. These could include autistic and dyslexic people. We want to apologize as well. We have never intentionally meant to misuse any words with ableist intentions if we have accidentally used incorrect terminology in past podcast episodes or social media posts. As we continue to learn more from resources and professionals, we continue to build upon the teachings and lectures that we have provided over the years. Now we want to discuss the aspect of ableist language that allowed for the construction of the neurodiversity movement. One of the main topics of those impacts begins with the autism rights movement. When the DSM-5 was created for psychiatric conditions in the United States in 2013, they had consolidated many different diagnoses of Asperger's syndrome and pervasive developmental disorder into autism spectrum disorder. This was especially important and limited the terminology of high-functioning and low-functioning autism. The neurodiversity paradigm condemns such labeling and categorization because it still puts levels on one's neurodiversity and doesn't reflect the true neurocognitive differences. The idea of viewing disability as a spectrum rather than a rigid condition falls under the same paradigm in an attempt to show much more complexity in neurological functioning. We want to revert to a discussion of harmful language that hurts neurodivergent individuals and individuals with learning differences. 
This is known as ableist language. For years, research regarding various neurodivergences has been conducted by neurotypical individuals, describing conditions because something that has to be fixed and removed. Ableist language and assumptions assume inferiority of neurodivergent individuals, which are supposed to have no connotation. This is an important issue, as mainstream media and pop culture have been known to use ableist approaches to portray someone in the neurodiverse community. For example, CS' first movie, known as Music, uses non-autistic individuals to represent an autistic, non-verbal characters that reduces and eliminates representation and creates disrespectful assumptions about individuals with autism. Now let's look at examples of some harmful language. Differently abled. This can often come across as a euphemism. Rather than using words to stigmatize individuals that have been marginalized for centuries, using accurate words without specific connotations like the language aligning with the neurodiversity movement, including neurodivergence. Special needs. Once again, the concern regarding such language marks categorizations and negative differences that require special help, special consideration, rather than denoting a neutral connotation. Many other words fall under the category of ableist language, but we would spend hours upon hours discussing such harmful terms. There are many examples that can be found online or on Unitopia's Instagram page. Check us out at UN1TOPIA. That's at UN1TOPIA. If you have specific questions concerning your language in regards to neurodiversity and whether it can be considered ableist, contact us and let us know. Now, why does rhetoric concerning neurodiversity matter? Language is a social construct. Humans use language to communicate with each other. Our words take a position on how someone views themselves and society. Language is not simply descriptive, but it is also performative. It conveys and shapes ideologies, direct reflections of power structures, inherent biases, and dominant narratives in society. From this critical perspective, ideologies are conceptualized in such a way that includes consideration of the role of power in the positions, attitudes, beliefs, perspectives, etc. of social groups. Thus, ideologies evidenced in everyday and institutional discourse are assumed to both establish and maintain power relationships. Disrupting dominant discourses about disabilities and abilities, and rather reshaping the conversation into spectral discussions of neurodiversity, are necessary to change conceptualizations. All communications involves language choices, and there are no neutral options independent of an ideological stance. By deconstructing language and providing words that can be considered value neutral, this is how we can approach neurodiversity in an accurate way. Now how can you improve? You're already making progress to listen to this podcast episode. Paying attention to the specific words you use is especially important. However, reading more about how ableism manifests in the world one especially important website that we have used is neurocosmopolitanism.com, which provides theoretical perspectives and foundational understandings of neurodiversity. Dr. Walker's insights on neurodiversity and other related theories are especially unique and critical to understanding the manifestation of ableism. Trust us when we say that we are learning all alongside you on your journey in this neurodiversity movement. And that concludes our 15th episode. Today, we took a look at the rhetoric used by advocates of the neurodiversity movement and the different interpretations that common terms have in the neurodiversity community. We then took a look at a problem in mainstream media, ableism, and why it was important to learn how to change language choice. Thank you for tuning in and supporting our podcast. We'll see you in another week where we discuss research disparities and misrepresentation of neurodivergent individuals. 
especially considering race and gender. We love to hear your thoughts for future episode ideas, so keep reaching out to us through our website, www.unitopia.foundation. That was www.unitopia.foundation or contacting us at publicrelations at unitopia.foundation. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in another week. 